0: Welcome to The Poetry Show, uh, broadcasting on Enlightened Radio. Uh, today's date, of course, is the February the 21st, uh, 2024. And um, we regularly uh, broadcast this program at 10 a.m. on uh, Wednesdays, Eastern Time. <laughs> and uh, in from uh, Bolivar, West Virginia, or Harpers Ferry, West Virginia, uh, <clears throat> uh, Janet Harrison is a host of our the uh, poetry show and she's here this morning with um, poems about mending uh, broken things, living with broken things, uh, celebrating broken things. Um, anyway, uh, Janet, uh, so I was talking, you were mentioning earlier that Alice Walker and um, um, I can't remember, what was the other poet you mentioned? Well, we, you had uh, Alice Walker was one of the poems here and I was yep. going to ask you He's I believe um the Robert Frost poem when, Mending Wall right uh when you mentioned yes. mending um, almost immediately came to mind um so um how do how do you want to start this morning and what should you have an introduction on this topic that uh is seasonal or uh topical or
1: No I was just thinking you know, we did we did sort of various forms of love last week and I was thinking about broken Valentine. hearts and many broken hearts and the whole oh, idea yeah. of men. Yeah,
0: we had care. some of them.
1: <laughs> and uh, that was the genesis of it and I I, I always love the poem Mending Wall." I think it's a very, very strong poem. Um, I'm going to ask you to read it though, because I'm still coughing. Oh, and I'm, I can't I'm happy to do that.
0: I, I just got to tell you that, uh, you know, a lot of my uh, uh, yeah. left-wing friends um what happened to my? Uh, did my browser crash? Oh no! Here it is. Okay, <laughs> okay. There it is. Uh, a lot of my uh, left-wing friends. We used to uh, uh, love these. This poem as an example of uh, Robert Frost flirting with uh, communism. You know, via his uh, questions that he seems to ask in here in the poem about private property. But um, uh, of course, Frost uh, visits that and. <laughs> And um, passes through it in a way that you'll see from this famous poem. Um, by the way, it's got a very, having lived in uh, upper, northern, you know, New England, Vermont, New Hampshire, um, there's a very New Hampshire like feel to Robert Frost's poetry. And it's difficult to uh, communicate and in under 10,000 words what it might mean uh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> if you haven't lived up north and, and gotten some sense of the wit and humor of uh, northern um, New England because you find it in a lot of uh, Robert Frost's poems, and including even in, in his very famous ones. Anyway, this one is, goes like this. Something there is that doesn't love a wall that sends the frozen ground swell under it and spills the upper boulders in the sun and makes gaps. Even two can pass abreast. The work of hunters is another thing. I have come after them and made repair where they have left not one stone on stone, but they would have the rabbit out of hiding to please the yelping dogs. The gaps, I mean. No one has seen them made or heard them made, but um, at spring, mending time, we find them there. I let my neighbor know beyond the hill, and on a day we meet to walk the line and set the wall between us once again. We keep the wall between us as we go. To each, the boulders that have fallen to each, And some are loaves and some so nearly balls. We have to use a spell to make them balance. Stay where you are until our backs are turned. We wear our fingers rough with handling them. Oh, just another kind of outdoor game. One on a side. It comes to little more. where it is we do not need a wall he is all pine and i am apple orchard my apple trees will never get across and eat the cones under his pines i tell him he only says good fences make good neighbors well spring is the mischief in me and i wonder if i could put a notion in his head why Do they make good neighbors isn't it where there are cows Uh, but there are no cows Uh, before i built a wall i'd ask to know what i was walling in or walling out and to whom i was like to give offense Uh, but something there is that doesn't love a wall that wants it down i could say elves to him but it's not elves exactly And I'd rather he said it for himself. I see him there, bringing stone grasped firmly by the top in each hand. Like an old stone savage armed. He moves in darkness, as it seems to me. Not of woods only, and of the shade of trees. He will not go behind his father's saying. And he likes having thought of it so well. He says again good fences make good neighbors anyway you're right that's a it's a great poem
1: <laughs> it's a very powerful poem and i love that line something there is that doesn't love a wall <laughs> right he repeats that right. line twice the opening line he repeats it in the middle of the poem too. So i yeah. just love it
0: uh, and uh yeah it's just the uh And the and the comment about you know uh, what are you walling in and what are you walling out and uh, you know there aren't there aren't any cows around and what do we (laughs) but yeah my apple trees are going
1: to eat your pine cones
0: right yeah it's really yeah so um
1: and this is a dry stone wall they're building.
0: Right, because some of the boulders don't fit, and they have to balance them yeah. to get them to, uh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like, uh, well, you know, you drive along um, um, but Flowing Springs Road here in Jefferson County into Shepherdstown, and there's a couple of uh, older properties there that have uh, a wall not too dissimilar to, um, you know, what Rost and his neighbor <laughs> are talking about uh, <clears throat> or doing something about anyway yeah i just i love the poem anyway yeah uh, but and it, it seems to ask questions that uh i, I noticed it's popular among uh, economists because uh we were at i remember carol my wife's an economist and we were at her uh, graduation from or getting her phd uh from uh, Graduate school in Delaware, and uh, we had a kind of a party at the house after it, you know. And so one of her, uh, one of her uh, mentors or one of the professors that was on her committee, her PhD committee, you know, came <laughs> and read Mending Wall, you know, <laughs> as a uh, ode to private property or against. <laughs> he said, <laughs> anyway, it was. Yeah, I, I, it's an interesting moment, you know, for a uh, reading of Robert Prost. What's next?
1: We're going to go to another wall poem, um, Mending Time, and this is by David Mason. And David Mason is a poet. He's an American poet. He's lived um, in many places in America. Um, I have to find it now. Um and also overseas in Greece and a couple other places. Um, he's writes, um, right now he's living in Tasmania. He's emigrated. Um, he's retired from teaching. He was poet laureate of Colorado for a while. He lived in Colorado for a while. Oh, okay. Laureate. And I, I mean... think this is, he grew up in Colorado and, um, and then he moved various places, New York, Minnesota, Greece, um, all over the world. Um, and this is another wall poem, but this is called Mending Time. And I want you to keep the title in mind as we read through this poem, because um, it can mean the time that we mend things or actually mending time itself. And it's uh, right. the double meaning is important to the Paul. Okay. The fence was down. Out among the humid smells and shrill cicadas, we walked. The lichen trunks, moon blue, and our faces blue and our hands. Led by the bellwether bellies, the sheep had toddled away. The neighbors, farmers, woods, or coyotes might have got them, or in the far road. I remember the night, the moon-colored grass as we waited to look for them, and the oaks tangled and dark, like starry, like start starting a story midway. We gazed over seed heads to the barn toppled in the homestead orchard. And then we saw the weather of white wool, a cloud in the blue, moving without sound as if charmed by the moon, beholding them out of bounds. Time has not tightened the wire, nor rightened the barn. The unpruned orchard rots in its meadow, and the story unravels, the sunlight creeping back like a song with nobody left to hear it. So the structure of this poem is the reminiscence of the wall being down and looking for the sheep. And then it shifts to years later looking back at the ruin of the farm. Time has not tightened the wire or right at the barn. The unpruned orchard rots in its meadow, and the story unravels, the sunlight creeping back like a song with nobody left to hear it.
0: Well. You know, it's interesting, the narrative of the poem was not what struck me first, but the, uh, just the richness of the language. Yes, um, you know, the language is very uh, <clears throat> Um And, like, I remember the night the moon-colored grass, we waded through to look for them, the oaks tangled and dark, like starting a story midway. We gazed over seed heads to the barn, toppled To the homestead orchard. Then we saw the weather of white wool, a cloud in the blue, moving without sound as if charmed by the moon, beholding them out of bounds. It's it's, it's just, I thought it just was um, the liquid kind of feel of the language was what what sort of got me, and I had to read it a couple of times to go back to the the narrative.
1: no, I thought it was actually beautifully written.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it just was all those, you know. I think the weather of white wool—that just, yes. just that struck me as just uh, almost um, ancient Japanese. <laughs> it's just something about it, it was a uh, weather of white wool, cloud in the blue
1: followed by a cloud in the blue moving without sound, is this is charmed by the moon beholding them out of bounds the,
0: the sentences are long too uh yes. in in the uh so the, the the chaining of the images or the phrases are um is kind of overtakes anything you might the the feel of waiting for a rhyme or a meter, you know, instead it's mm-hmm. real, the, the, she's chaining the, the images together. So, um, and letting them sort of, you know, draw you along. Uh, <laughs> very good. She, he, not yeah, I, I keep saying she, David, David Mason. Okay. I kept when you said Dave Mason, I thought I thought of the rocker at first, but I'm sure that's yes, not the I same Yes, I know, person.
1: but this is the poet.
0: Yeah, It's okay. David Mason, the poet.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Where do you want to go next? To Charles Simic, watch repair, and I chose this one even though it's kind of an odd poem. And maybe a little difficult to understand because of the images. The images were so um, striking in this poem, and we were repairing walls. So I thought it'd be nice to repair something smaller. So this it, is watch maybe repair.
0: It, it, for people listening. If you could uh, imagine uh, while you're listening to this, that you're opening uh, a very uh, finely made uh, watch okay, and uh, the miniaturization and the, uh, it, 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 all, all, the, all the intricacies of building something like that, or of composing it, uh, or of it be even existing, become like uh, the scope of this poem in a, in a fascinating way, and, and um, yeah, go ahead, I, that was just, uh, I had to go yeah, back was, and make was... sure I had the uh, image in my yeah, mind.
1: The... Yeah, this is not, and and the images that he uses for watch repair are not literal. You know, they're um, right. they're very imaginative. Watch repair, but Charles Simic, a small wheel, incandescent, shivering like a pinned butterfly. Hands thrown up in all directions, the crossroads one arrives at in a nightmare. Higher than that, number 12 presides like a beekeeper over the swarming honeycomb of the open watch. Other wheels that could fit inside a raindrop. Tools that must be splinters of Arctic starlight. Oh, man. Tiny gold mills grinding invisible coffee beans. When the coffee's boiling cautiously so it doesn't burn us, we raise it to the lips of the nearest ear.
0: Now, that, that's surprising. The in, the ear, that got me. Yeah. I, I mean, I was completely yes. enthralled, you know, in what, he was do- what he's doing there and then in, to the nearest ear. Um, why? <laughs> it seems like an Escher uh, kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, what do you got? Mistake in engineering and <laughs> what's your, when he said of uh, the nearest ear, now, wh- how did, what comes to mind? Does anything come to mind? You know, when he does that,
1: uh, it, it, what came to mind when I read this poem is that if I had been in workshop with this poem, I might have asked the poet to think about that ending because it's, it's very surprising, but I'm not quite sure where it takes us. But the rest of the poem I love. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, it's beautiful.
1: Tools that must be splinters of Arctic starlight. Those little tiny tools that you have to use to repair a watch as splinters of Arctic starlight.
0: Not just a magnificent image. Yeah. Um,
1: well, but and well, the wheels fit inside a raindrop. I yes. mean, the idea of this miniaturization.
0: Perfect. Yeah, right. I mean, it's um, yeah, uh, it's, it's very good. But well, he's, I wonder if he left any clue. It must be a simic expert in the poetry world that um, can tell us what he he might have meant by the nearest ear. <laughs> Why you a hot cup well, of coffee. I, I
1: know you raise the watch to your ear to listen to it, but the oh, image, it, right. it kind of stuck to the image of the coffee.
0: Yeah, right. That's true. You raise the watch to your ear to hear it ticking.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, unless it's one of the new smart watches in which it's also a telephone. But that's way yes. after Charles Simic was. I don't think he was thinking of that. <laughs> maybe maybe he imagined it before it happened well you're right but yeah
1: all the images were just so incredible in this poem uh, it starts out very little a small wheel incandescent and then it takes off immediately shriveling like a painted pin butterfly
0: it's uh yeah it's it's per it's perfect you know and and maybe that's why he did that at the end you know maybe he, he saw perfection and wanted to put a little smudge in it you know you think you know some artists
1: i don't know i'm i'm I'm, i would have questioned that ending but um Hmm. but he's a much more famous poet than i am
0: well uh i don't think that uh you know uh, undermines the legitimacy of your question Oh, Janet, uh, why did you put that there? Because that's, that's why I asked in the beginning, what comes to mind? And, and it, what came to my mind was nothing. Um, so I, I I really, I, I wasn't sure why uh, the coffee was headed to the ear, but uh, I, maybe I missed the point. The uh, The watch was headed to the ear, but
1: mm-hmm. well,
0: yeah. Is it, anyway, um, is Alice Walker next?
1: Yes, Alice Walker's next. Do you want to read Alice oh, Walker? I, would, I, will I was
0: hoping you things. would let me. I was hoping you would let me, yes. Okay. Um,
1: and um, this poem, she actually, you know, on, in, I pulled it off her website. She has it as, I will keep broken things for my country.
0: I will keep so I broken things.
1: As another residence
0: For my country, right. I will keep broken things, the big clay pot with raised iguanas chasing their tails. Two of their wise heads sheared off. I will keep broken things. The old uh, slave market basket brought to my door by Mississippi. A jagged hole gouged in its sturdy dark oak side. I will keep things, the memory, of those long, delicious night swims with you. I will keep broken things in my house. There remains an honored shelf on which I will keep broken things. Their beauty is that they need not ever be fixed. I will keep your wild, free laughter, though it is now missing. It's reassuring and graceful hinge. I will keep broken things. Thank you so much. I will keep broken things. I will keep you pilgrim of sorrow. I will keep myself. Well, I love almost that. It's almost everything in, in, uh yeah.
1: In contrast to throwing out things because they're broken, here she's celebrating them.
0: That's right. And um I um Now my pa- parents didn't do that, but um I've known families that have done that. <laughs> <laughs> it's very interesting yeah uh it's a very powerful uh and, and and moving poem and uh do you know uh where in her work it, it originates from at all or uh, uh i just know early, she has to date this
1: 2010
0: oh it's on her website yes okay well that means she's uh There's so much controversy over Alice Walker's work. It was really interesting, it was controversial in uh, almost every um, community. Its intensity um, was a little tough for a lot of people to consume. But um, its beauty is just, it's very touching.
1: When she hits it, she hits it. Yeah, seen, and this yeah, is a poem did. I think that is, is right on. Right. It's really
0: beautiful. Wow. Well, that's beautiful. The blending
1: did... of the actual, the actual physical with the uh, memories was very powerful in this poem.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, I think I think I'd probably use that one for the, uh, on the web posting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you want to have another one? I know you have another one you set up that's very, that's a little bit longer, uh, C.K. Williams, uh, The Invisible Mending. Uh, do you want? Is, yes, that, is the, that the one you want to close this with? This is
1: the poem that started the whole thing off. I love this poem.
0: Okay.
1: Um, it's called Invisible Mending by C.K. Williams. Three women old as angels, bent as apple, ancient apple trees, who in a storefront window, with magnifying glasses, needles, fine as hair, and shining scissors, parted woof from warp and pruned what would in human tissue have been sick. Abrasions, rents, and frays, slits and chars, and acid splashes, filaments that gave way of their own accord from the stress of spanning tiny trifling gaps but which in a wounded psyche make a murderous maze. Their hands as hard as horn, their eyes as keen as steel. Steel, the threads they worked with must have seemed as thick as ropes on ships, as cables on the crane, but still their heads would hover, their teeth bare to nip away the raveled ends. Only sometimes they would lift their eyes to yours to show how much lovelier than those twists of silk and serge the garments of the mind are. Yet how much more benign their implements than mind's procedures of forgiveness and repair. And in your loneliness you'd notice how really very gently they take the fabric to its last. With what solicitude they gathered up the warm edges to be bound, with what severe but kind detachment wielded their amputating shears, forgiveness, and repair.
0: Um, did you consider reading those stanzas in a different order?
1: I don't understand well why for example
0: you... i i I started reading the poem by going um left across to right. down yeah, and it makes more it made more sense doing it the way you read it because it has a narrative that that seems to link that the way you read it, but um there were a couple of the verses that seemed good going the other way uh, I don't know just <laughs> You know there are those uh, aren't there isn't there a poem, a poetic form where the uh poet writes it so it can be read in different directions um Yes there's I've...
1: a cleave poem where you can read the right side the left side or read across Oh
0: um, okay but this I've is written
1: one of them yeah. very hard to write
0: Yeah <laughs> just like a villanelle oh my god yes. <laughs> You know, I guess anybody could write a villanelle, but writing one that that works is uh, very hard, in my view. But anyway, um, well, I like this. Uh, I, I I like the way it it just it, it reads like a uh, a very strong narrative. Again, it reminds me a little bit of the um, of the one by Cynic. Okay, a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in it's it's narrative emphasis over um I don't although I see there's quite a bit of well near rhymes like phrase, gave maze
1: yes there's you know, there's music uh, in the poem but it's not a strict rhyme
0: scheme no right yeah. okay yes that's a good it, term music in the poem yes right yeah that was also very
1: true, yeah. i thought the images were beautiful there's the three women i could see them so clearly mending and then he he uses it as a metaphor for for um injured psyches injured, yes. injured minds right you I know mean, so which in a wounded psyche make a murderous maze and then he, he, he compares the, the scissors, um, the blades of the scissors, to forgiveness and repair at the end. Uh, um, he uses that both in the last stanza and the second to last stanza. Wow.
0: Well, only sometimes would they lift their eyes to yours to show how much lovelier than these twists of silk and serge the garments of the mind are, yet how much more benign their implements than mind's imp- procedures of forgiveness and repair. More benign than the mind's procedure of forgiveness and repair. say they don't
1: have that weight.
0: Fine garments are... But
1: in the end, of the last stanza, he compares it again. With what solicitude they gather the worn edges to be bound? With what severe but kind detachment wield their amputating shears? Forgiveness and repair.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's a a little on the... It's a poem that strikes me needs some study. Yes. um, Kind of interesting. You know, some poems get you interested in kind of working through and and filling in the narrative of all these uh kind of you know very artful and as you say musical images that are uh um there um to be truthful i was <laughs> you know when you used that term musical it reminded me um carol and i were i told you we've been watching this wonderful fellow from the fermi um uh, accelerator lab or whatever um, uh talking about advanced physics and uh, you know about how the a the music of the the musical look of the actual structure of the universe you know um can uh look like a whole lot of things just clumping together. <laughs> So, you know, and a whole lot of, you know, bright images, you know, clumping together, but actually, you know, their a relationship and uh, sort of seek what that relationship might be is an interesting thing about reading great poetry, in my view, and thinking about it and, you know, you know, letting loose a little bit with, you know, where is, where is it trying to take you? Where is the poet speaking from, really, um. So, thank you so much for these are great poems, Janet.
1: Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed them.
0: Is that it for today? Are we? Uh...
1: For today, we're we've mended what we could mend. We we're living with what's broken.
0: <laughs> yes, and celebrating too. Celebrating some broken things too. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Uh, I'm glad you joined us today on the poetry show. We're, once again, we're here on, on www.enlightenedradio.org. And also you can see our podcast on podcast.enlightenedradio.org. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We'll be back in another week as, as, as soon as we're assuming we're all able and um, take care of each other. It's late, but everything comes next.